Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier, here for the Committee for Wyndham. Now, I do want to urge you, uh, if you want to find out what's going on around Wyndham, there's lots of uh, things that the Committee for Wyndham are doing at the moment that you might want to get involved with. You might want to get involved with the Committee for Wyndham. You may have come across this podcast by one of the community uh, uh, sites that we posted on, or through the council website, or through uh, just a bit of word of mouth. If you'd like to know more about the Committee for Wyndham, they have a website, uh, which is uh, very simple. Just Google it, and while you're there, you can have a look at their Facebook page as well, which has all the details of uh, a whole lot of community activities. There's a community billboard there. You can have a look at uh, what some of the businesses involved in the Committee for Wyndham, what they're actually doing at the moment, some great offers that they have on, and also some of the uh, terrific programs uh, like the Flow, the uh, Future Leaders of the West program, the Committee for Wyndham are behind. So uh, have a look, uh, Google them, and uh, have a look at the Facebook page and the website for more details. Today, really interesting, a new person into our city. Uh, He holds the title of Director of City Design and Livability. You will meet uh, in today's podcast in just a matter of seconds, Ludo Campbell-Reed. We'd like to welcome him to Wyndham and to the Talking Wyndham podcast. Ludo, thanks so much for joining us here on the uh, on the Talking Wyndham podcast. Welcome to Wyndham. Thank you very much. What a what a what a uh, what an interesting uh, entry into Australia. Absolutely. Now, how long have you been here for starters? Well, we arrived in um, in January, actually, end of end of Jan, and um, just when the great fires were occurring, and, yeah. um, you know, terrible times, and then here we are, three months later after sort of isolation. So it's been a really um, Difficult and challenging time um, for for the family, um, but um, such an exciting time to be part of the the changes that are occurring and the challenges of the future. I guess. Well, before we talk about uh, your role as director of uh, city design and livability at the Wyndham yeah. City Council, fill in a, a bit of the background about uh, about yourself. Where you're from? Uh, well, I'm I'm British originally, born in born and bred in the UK um, with a South African mother and Scottish father. And uh, Austrian grandparents, so a bit of a, a bit of a mongrel mix. Um, <laughs> spent spent most of my quite my early life as a I'm a city planner and urban designer. Yep. And uh, spent most of my early life in the private sector, but the last sort of fifteen twenty years has been um, working in cities uh, across the world. Um, you know, Cape Town, London, and and, uh, and Auckland for the last thirteen years, where I was sort of the, the chief urban designer for the city of Auckland. And um, I've just started my new role as, um, as I said, director of city design livability at, at Wyndham. So it's been a, you know, I've had a, been, I've had a very lucky career and fortunate and a bit of hard work, a bit of luck along the way. But it's been a, a really wonderful career. I, I originally wanted to be a doctor, oh, but okay. um, kind of got a bit somewhat distracted by sport and, and probably girls or something at the age <laughs> of twenty. And um, but actually, you know, what's interesting, Kevin, is that you know, as a, as a doctor, you sort of you're fixing the body and um, in some respects as an urban planner, city planner, the, the body is the city and, uh, yes. and it, it, there's an element of fixing the, the sick city yeah. and trying to make it more livable and more productive and more economically vibrant. And actually I sort of feel like a bit of a city doctor in some respects or, or planners and urban designers actually are. So does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does actually. It very much does. So Cape Town, London, Wyndham, how does that progression happen? How did, how did we end up getting you here? 
Wow, that's a big question. I mean, I, as I said, I started off in my career, early career was in Cape Town in the private sector. And um, then I went back to London after sort of seven or eight years in, in Cape Town, uh, private sector in the UK, and then worked in London for sort of 10, eight years or so. And then um, got offered a job in, in Auckland as the, the sort of um, the mayor of Auckland in 2005 um, set up something called the Mayoral Task Force on Urban Design. And they were looking for somebody um, to lead the lead the charge around repairing the city, uh, making it sort of internationally regarded for urban design and 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 transportation and planning. And uh, I moved across, was headhunted from London, and uh, ended up working there for 13 years. Wow. And um, so started in 2006. And um, Auckland had the highest ownership of cars, head of capita in the whole world at that time. You know, very auto-dependent city. Um, last year, when, when I left, um, I had one of the fastest-growing public transport patronage um, growth in, in the world oh. and um, more cranes on Auckland skyline than any, than any city in the U.S. So it was a really fascinating 13 years. But I, I wanted to change, and I wanted to keep fresh, and I'd been doing the same job ultimately for 13 years. And so it was a, uh, this opportunity. I saw this opportunity in one of the, the fastest-growing LGA in, in Australia, or the second fastest, yep. uh, within the Avalon Corridor, which is the, the fastest growing um, corridor area of Australia. And if you're not growing, you can't do much. And so you need to be a growth council. You need to be moving and there needs to be investment. And uh, I just took this opportunity. I thought it was a great organization with a, you know, a you know, fantastic CEO and a supportive council group. And um, yeah, here we are, Kevin. Well, that, and that's terrific. And so who makes up the uh, the Campbell-Reed family? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, my wife is um, a clinical hypnotherapist. Her name is Jo. And um, she and I, we've been together for 20 years now. Um, <laughs> lucky lady. Actually, more lucky me, really. And, um, yeah, exactly. She, yeah, she's fantastic. And um, Jo's an ex, um, used to work in, for the BBC in, in, on live big shows. The entertainment shows she was a floor manager and oh, right. uh, so she's um, been doing um, clinical hypnotherapy for the last uh, three or four years um, in, in New Zealand helping people with weight loss problems and, and emotional problems and I guess trying to heal people as well you know in some respects yeah. and uh, I really kind of see the, the power of, that, of the mind as, as a very powerful um, sort of behavior change um, sort of component of her work and you know, reprogramming people to, to 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 eat differently and to exercise and to have a better attitude. And so, yeah, she's been doing really well in that. But we've um, come across here with our two children, um, 16-year-old boy and a, a daughter um, who's 13, who are at uh, local schools here. And we're living in Geelong, actually, Kevin. I, uh, maybe you didn't know that. But we've decided to sort of, uh, it's not just my decision where we live. It's about the children and my wife. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, we're close to the beaches of, of the, the sort of Bellarine Peninsula. I, I love to surf and I do a lot of rowing. So I row every morning at Bar One Rowing Club and um, I drive to Wyndham. Um, unfortunately, I would get on the train if I could, but um, <laughs> it's, it's just too difficult. Um, so that's something to fix. 
But um, yeah, that, that, there's the four of us, and we also have a dog called Raffy. Oh, beautiful! Uh, now, uh, so do you give us the once over when you when you were in Auckland, and obviously you know happy in their job in Auckland, but looking for a challenge if it if it uh, came up. Um, when the when the Wyndham position uh, is there, do you do you give the the city a a once over and think you know what I could do something with that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm- I mean, you know, one thing leads to another, and you know, you you, you do investigations when you see these these roles. And um, I'd heard I'd heard about the, the challenges that Wyndham has, and um, the, it, it's a very similar challenge that, that cities across the world have, and particularly the growth areas of of large metro cities. And so we are, as part of of Metro Melbourne, uh, we are. Um, in sort of less well service from public transport points of view, less well service from a um, mix of housing, mix of um, employment. And so you know, the world's going to be determined by the future of the suburbs, the way we design our suburbs. And I've spent my life, um, you know, sort of reimagining city centres and town centres. Um, but it's really the, the future is where the majority of the population actually reside, which is in the suburbs. And yeah. often those suburbs aren't as well serviced as, as central and inner city areas. So I guess it was really the, the scale of the challenge and the scale of the opportunity. And um, in, a, in a wonderful, it's a wider city of Melbourne and uh, the great sort of um, Victorian state. So, you know, it's, uh, it was definitely, a, a, it's probably the biggest challenge of my life. But, um, you know, I've got an incredible team. There's a really fantastic team at, at Wyndham City. And uh, I have a, an incredible sort of portfolio of different departments which are within my sort of um, responsibility and uh, as an urban planner you often don't get all the pieces that you need to to make change successful you often have to sort of negotiate the outcomes with the transport department but I I am the transport department you often have to <laughs> talk to the economic development team who are on a different on a just choosing their own sort of adventure I, I have the economic development team within my portfolio so um, we have the environmental teams as well, the air, the land, the water specialists. Uh, we also have the climate change scientists and um, we have the future planning groups as well, but also the building consenting team, which is a huge part of, of what councils do, you know, enabling the private sector to, to I guess, to, to realise their dreams by, you know, um, developing and permitting um, new projects. And um, as I said, bring those all together and it's called placemaking or city design. And you need often need all those elements. So a bit like a GP, I yeah. think that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Do, so do you walk in and uh, and uh, inherit a plan, or do you walk in, <laughs> in, in, you inherit a plan, and then you go, okay, well, the things I'd like to have us look at changing or doing or having a look at how we're doing is that is that kind of the first thing on your to do list? Yes, of course. I mean, I think the um, you, you inherit a, a plan, but the plan is not a an officer plan. It's a it's a political plan. It's a plan that. Um, that is, you know, we do the work that the, the councillors require us to do. We, you know, we work for them. So it's really a community and a council plan. Um, of course, you provide professional input into that plan. And so it's often a, a combination of a partnership. A plan is a partnership of those different sectors, I suppose, or different groups. Um, and so, yes, we work in, in, in Melbourne. We have sort of four-year um, um, plans, I guess, you know, they're financial plans. And so, you know, we've got towards the end of our four-year plan with the current um, council. There are elections in October of this year. Yep. And so I will be putting forward ideas and suggestions to the, the, the new council to 
adopt and if they would like to see a city that is more livable, these are the things that we're going to need to do. And it really would be, be up to them uh, to decide whether we move in that direction. But I've been given that mandate to, to drive livability and to drive great urban design outcomes. So the mandate's been set um, and there are lots of there's, there's money that, that will be um, applied to different projects. And um, but, but remembering, I guess, Kevin, it, it takes a long time to change and transform cities. It, it's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So it's a combination of the, the big longer term plans, the 20 year plans. And if you don't have a plan, you're going to end up somewhere else and yeah. putting that in place and then having tactical plans, which are sort of short, immediate and uh, long term programs. But ultimately, the, the councillors make the decisions. We, we do the work um, on their behalf. The uh, the Werribee City Centre is undergoing a, a massive transformation uh, now that did, mm. did you virtually walked into, haven't you? Yeah, well, again, I, you know, I, I don't want to go somewhere where nothing's happening because yeah. then, you know, part of the job is is trying to track things to happen, and that that's difficult. Um, you want to go to an area that that has that has growth happening, that has that is busy, that is changing, that is adapting, and that has a a, a great reputation for sort of. Being innovative, so all those pieces you you need. It's still not easy. Um, you know, everybody wants progress, but nobody wants change, and so you're kind of, <laughs> you know, you're, it's quite a disruptive job. It can be quite disruptive for for groups and for for businesses and for homeowners. Um, but we're not about the status quo. We you know we have a. I don't know if you've heard about the plan, but you probably do. But it's called the Wyndham 2040 vision which was really a community-led uh, vision about the type of city that they wanted or, or the types of yep. things they wanted to do. And um, that plan is the, is the sort of the overarching direction in which the organization is heading, um, trying to you know, improve public transport usage, to improve walking and cycling, to improve the, the competitiveness of the city. And so my job is to put that plan into, into action um, with my colleagues across the executive and across the organization um, you know, working in partnership with the councillors, but also the biggest, the people who change the city are the private sector. And so it's really working alongside them to ensure that we're all heading in the same direction. So we're producing a plan called the Wyndham Plan, which is really the, the physical planning interpretation of that 2040 vision. And uh, that's something we're going to be working on. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's um, it's a real combination of, of, of all these different components that you bring together, a bit like a cooking a meal, you know, lots of different recipe components and having the right menu, I suppose. Yeah. You mentioned 2040 and it sounds it sounds far off into the distance and sounds like, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. not something we need to worry about now. But when you think back, uh, we're 20 years from uh, the year 2000 and, and the differences in Wyndham in that 20-year span, I imagine the differences as we as we push forward into another 20 years are going to be even, even more uh, extraordinary. Absolutely, and um, you know the, that's an interesting point you've raised about plans. What, what plan a plan that's a twenty forty plan is a twenty year strategy. But strategies that are well written are ones that are adaptable and can change. Yep. You know, there's no point in setting yourself into a a committed program that's that's unadaptable, if that's even English. And <laughs> um, you know, because look what's happened over the last three months. You know, who could have envisaged that the the, the world would be so different or or potentially so different um, three months ago uh, we were heading in a certain direction and so what the organization has had to do is be nimble and agile and to really think well what do the community need how do we how do we support and how do we service them 
in the way that they want to be serviced? What are the new types of projects? What are the new opportunities? And, you know, out of crises come huge opportunities. And, and you know, it depends on the attitude, I suppose, of an organization and of a citizenship is, is how you want to approach that. And so that's about really working kind of really smartly and cleverly on the things that we absolutely need to do. And, um, you know, even things, Kevin, like working from home is going to be a, a, a real transformation around the way that cities are made and, and yes. how we move and where we live and where we play. And, you know, no one could have imagined that. But the other crisis that sat behind all this was climate change. And, you know, it, this is this, this COVID situation has really forced us into really the now and understanding how we adapt um, to, to those sort of, I guess, those threats that, that come along every now and then. So, um, yeah, I find it exciting and it's been really difficult and hard and emotional and, and watching businesses struggle. And we, we are trying to do our best to support and, and um, get behind them as best we can. But also is about preparing a future plan, which is kind of resilient and, and adaptive, I suppose, to different situations which will come along. As a, as an urban planner, when you when you you know look at a city like Wyndham, um, the, the natural resources we have, things like you know the cliffs and the rivers and all those sorts oh, of things, yeah. and and sometimes you'll look at a city and go, my God, why haven't they utilised the river or why haven't they done this <laughs> something with this beach or uh, you know all those sorts of yeah. natural things? Uh, sometimes that can get lost in the concreteness of uh, of, of what we do. That's a great point. You know, it's um, I think. I've often said this, Kevin, that there's no blueprint for city design. You know, that each city is different. What is, what is not that different is our human beings. We, despite from whatever nationalities or cultures we're from, we are, we're often, we're often, we're very similar in the way that we behave to certain situations. And what makes cities different is, is often the, the, the culture of a place, but also the, the, the environment, the, the landscape and, and, Worthy is a fascinating place where I'm doing a lot of investigation into the into the, the the why we exist here, why Wirribee exists. I'm very yeah. interested in the the First Nations story of of Wirribee. Um, the Wirribee River is a in sort of in, in traditional uh, First Nations uh, folklore. It's a really important spine of of Melbourne, not just a a river that runs through a part of Melbourne, but actually the the central spine of, of, of or waterway even of, of the area. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the environment is, um, the landscape is, is, is the thing that makes it unique, but no, but not just the landscape being unique, you know, it, it's huge opportunity. The land is flat. Um, the land can be developed in, in, in the way it's like a blank canvas in some respects. Um, yet Wyndham is located in this extraordinary position on the, you know, on, in the Avalon corridor, you know, 20 minutes from, you know, the Avalon City Airport, which will, you know, in time recover and come back and, you know, connect us globally. Uh, we're 25 minutes the other direction from the Melbourne city centre. So there's a real great location, you know, location, location, location. Yeah. Uh, we have the Yu Yangs not too far away, which is a great sort of recreational sort of respite. Uh, the river systems, as you said, the K Road cliffs and then the, the southern coast, you know, the opportunities for cycling and walking along the, the coastal edge. You know, as I said, I, I think it's just the most extraordinary kit of parts. It's just a matter of it does need a plan, and that plan needs to be the, the hard and the soft, and it's how you bring those two um, together in a cohesive story. Yeah. So um, I, totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, it, does it remind you of any city you've worked in previously? Well, bits of. You know, yeah. as I said, you know, 
um, Auckland um, is a city of 1.5, 1.6 million people now, um, but uh, has a very, very large um, city um, geography, I suppose. It, it's a, a large, sprawling city where they're in a very low density, and I, and I suppose that the parts of Wyndham and Werribee and, and the sort of growth area councils across the, um, across the, uh, the Melbourne metropolitan region um, remind me of, of some of the, the lower density areas of, of, of Auckland, um, parts of London as well, you know, particularly yeah. towards the east of London, you know, areas that have been slightly more, um, I suppose, affordable or, or, or social, socially challenged areas. And, um, you know, Werribee and Wyndham is, is a place which has grown particularly fast. Um, yeah, it has a very sort of proud history, you know, the, the sort of the stories that you that you hear. So, yes, a bit of a mix. And I've worked all, you know, on projects around the world in, in you know, even from Singapore and, and, and so forth. And, um, you know, it's a mixture of, of a lot of the things that I've been doing. Um, but it's not, I don't see Wyndham as a, as a suburb of, of Melbourne. I see Wyndham and Werribee as a, as a new metropolitan centre for Victoria, you know, a place where, we have the businesses, we have the economics, and at the moment, the um, majority of our residents actually drive to work, yep. and they also work outside of, of Wyndham. You know, what, what we'd like to see is, is the majority of people who live in Wyndham actually working in Wyndham, because that's true livability is when you're able to live, work, and play locally, um, and um, you know, obviously go to Melbourne for some of the things that we don't have, but how do we provide the things that Melbourne City Centre has in Wyndham? That's that's the dream. That's that's the big that's the big vision. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting and fascinating job you have because you you mm. have you have the the massive uh, you know infrastructure of the of the city to to kind of balance, and in between all that is the kind of little um, I guess cosmetic things like you know we've seen uh, the um, the sort of little <laughs> pop up um, uh, alfresco yeah. areas open in the last couple of weeks with the with the restrictions being lifted. So there's there's that's that right. massive big picture, and then there's those little tiny little pictures as well underneath all that. Well, you, you, you hit it on the head, really. I mean, I, I, we talked about the sort of, you use the word cosmetic. Well, you know, that's, you know, human beings, we do cosmetic surgery. We do, um, we, we nip and tuck, we, we sew, we repair, we do open heart surgery. And you think about, you know, Docklands type projects, that's open heart surgery. You, you think about small parklet projects, which are tactical little stitches, which, which, um, little suitors to, to, to support the, the, the lifeblood to, to, to kind of flow. So yes, it is. It's, uh, it's, you know, but I was always, I was taught by a, there was a great quote by one of the world's greatest, um, architects. His name is Renzo Piano. And Renzo Piano is a French architect who designed, um, a building called the Pompidou Center in Paris. And, uh, Renzo Piano talked about urbanity being a multitude of small elements and one grand ambition. And I think that sums up beautifully how cities are you've got to do the big stuff but you've also got to do the small things and it's like relationships isn't it so ludo tell us a little about uh, what we're seeing what we're going to see in the uh, in the hoppers area and in the in the Werribee uh, city central area with these uh, the parklets i think they're called that's right yeah they're, 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 these are these are called uh, tactical urbanism alfresco parklets they're they're a really new approach, um, quite innovative, I suppose, um, in terms of city design and, and economic recovery. Um, it's all about sort of supporting um, local businesses. Basically, with the restrictions beginning to ease across Wyndham, and those restrictions are the, the COVID-related ones, yep. um, we're trying to enhance that kind of that vibrancy of the of the Werribee city centre and also Hoppers Junction uh, with the kind of creation of, of temporary 
alfresco seating and customer waiting areas. So we've we've noticed that that obviously people are still concerned about the health impacts of of gathering in in restaurants. But actually, what's also very important is, despite the socially the social distancing laws being relaxed, most businesses in Wyndham and Werribee and um, have operate on smaller footprints. And so you cannot get 20 people or 50 people into your premises <laughs> operating with those social distancing criteria. So what we decided to do was to say, well, how about we do that, offer it outside the, the shop, out in the street, you know, in, in our, our fresco environment. And so the, the plan is to, you know, provide extra space for retailers, for restaurateurs to actually um, serve customers outside in, in, in the open air uh, for the next three months and provide them with space as you would do in Europe, all over Europe and all over the world. Yeah. And uh, the plan is to have um, uh, four in the Werribee city centre and, and two, uh, two in Hoppers Junction. And that's really to um, allow people to, to um, have dinner, to have to meet friends, to gather um, out in the alfresco kind of space. Well, it's space that uh, wasn't being used for anything else. It, it, it's silly. It's a, it's a waste of space and now it isn't. Yeah. Well, you, you, you're absolutely, in some respects, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Space is, is the final frontier for cities. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the space race, actually. When you look at the amount of space that we dedicate to um, to driving to, or to cars, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but the average European car sits still for 92% of its, of its, of its life. So we, we use a car for 8%, you know, at, at uh, most in terms of the lifetime of, of a vehicle. Yeah. Um, most roads that we build operate at sort of full capacity for only 20% of the day. So for 80% of the day, a road, the asset, the road itself is only used um, at peak in the afternoon and in the morning. And so in terms of, you know, cities that are short of cash and countries that are, that are economically challenged, they why would you just simply build um, assets that are utilized like that? So <laughs> you're absolutely right. There's, there's space outside of, of shop fronts. There's space on pavements. But what we're doing is we're, um, we've noticed that there's a lesser use of, of car parking um, at this, this time during the COVID yeah. um, um, sort of emergency. And so what we're doing is we're repurposing uh, four car park spaces, no, no disabled bays, but four car park spaces and, and building um, sort of platforms with seating protection for for restaurants to be able to take their their, their customers outside, um, and in the meantime uh, provide that extra vibrancy and and vitality back into the city centre during a time when if we didn't do this, people wouldn't be shopping, they wouldn't be dining, and they wouldn't be going into those shops. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a great idea. I know it's a uh, it's a pilot program that's uh, obviously got a, yeah. uh, a a use by date on the, uh, but uh, could be something that we utilize in the future. Who knows? But I mean, certainly, it's something to do right now. It's a great in, uh, innovation. We've we've got some really good feedback. We we went, we went and spoke to businesses about two and a half or three weeks ago, and we talked to about thirty two, thirty three businesses, and just said, look, we've got this idea. We know that you're challenged in terms of serving. Would you be supportive of a of a pilot? And out of you know the majority, ninety five percent said absolutely. There were some that said no. We'd rather um, have a car park out the front. But I suppose the the, the key thing is to say to to businesses is that you know, let let let's trial it. So the trial is a three month trial. And with trials, the beauty of tactical urbanism, um, Kevin, is that 
you're able to consult with the community during the, the installation, the rollout, and the operation of these products. Um, city change is often very expensive and disruptive. I think we, we talked about that earlier. And so tactical urbanism is a way to do it simply, do it cheaply, do it quickly. And then you don't, you're not committing yourself to large expenditure. And you can trial. And if it works really well, then the businesses may say to us, well, how about we continue on with this idea rather yeah. than it being a trial, but rather than preempt their, their decision, I, we'd like to work with the businesses to, um, to monitor, to survey, and to question um, the customers and to see what's happening. But interestingly enough, I've already had a phone call from two of the larger private um, sort of activity center owners saying, you know, can we borrow the, the equipment and put it in our street <laughs> as well? So I, I think we'd like to, you know, we'll be rolling these out in a couple of weeks' time. And, and if we have to build more, that would be wonderful. So um, we're, we're, we're crossing our fingers that, 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 it, that it gets. It's a difficult time of the year, of course, Kevin. It's the, the coldest time. Yeah. And a lot of people will say to me, well, but what about the weather? And I'll say, look, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. And if you think about the, um, the European outdoor dining life, people eat in the, with, when it's snowing. You just have to be prepared and you have to be in the right, um, you know, wearing the right clothing with heaters and blankets. You know, it'll be a wonderful outdoor dining experience. So we're we're hoping it, um, that it, that it really takes in 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 Wyndham, and it will be lessons, I suppose, for the rest of Victoria as well, because there's not that much happening around that space um, currently. So it'll be really good as a bit of a um, you know aid for our colleagues across across the the, the Victorian space. Yeah, and uh, Wyndham's always been a city that uh, many people have believed hasn't lived up to its potential, but it has enormous potential for the future. Yeah. Well, again, that's that, that, that's absolutely right, and um, I think it provides a, a, a provides a, a sort of service to to people that are, that are very happy and thrilled to be living in in, in Wyndham. But that what we are seeing is that that Wyndham residents need more choices in in all their daily life kind of things. They need more housing choice because if people don't have housing choice in a particular location or within the area they are living they'll move out. And so what you do is you, you tend to break that sense of community or, and social that social connections. And so what Wyndham needs is it needs to find um, new housing models, mixed density, uh, medium density um, projects. It needs apartments. It needs um, a, a range of, of choices because without choice, you don't have livability. Um, at the moment, most of our, it's a very auto-dependent um, city um, we cannot we cannot continue to keep driving all the time. It's because people spend hours of the day in, in rush hour. That's not livability. So it's yes, you're right. It, it's a place that has huge potential because, in some respects, there's a blank canvas. And so it's about directing and and orchestrating the the money that comes in from the Victorian government and from the federal government and the the local government money to ensure that we are delivering and working on projects which benefit. Wyndham and Victoria and working with our boroughs, you know, there's, there's a, there's a black line around boundaries in Melbourne around councils, but we're all in the same city. We're all work for the same. Yeah. We're all, we're all working for the same good, surely, but often we don't work well enough together across the boroughs. So what are those cross borough projects, which have to be supported things like rail, light rail, uh, trackless trams, you know, cycling routes from city, from Wyndham all the way through to work to Wyndham, to the uh, Melbourne city centre and back, 
working with Geelong on, on, on projects like fast rail and so forth. You know, it is a really exciting job. I'm very, feel very proud and, and very privileged to do, to do the work I do. It's a it's a small title when you say director, city design, and livability, but it's a massive portfolio. It is a, it is a it's like a, a ten headed yeah. beast. <laughs> well, it's 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 a, it's 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 elements of the of the city that you need to understand. And I think what's happened in the past is that with cities is that, um, gosh, I'm trying to draw these analogies back to the the doctor situation again. You know, if you if you study medicine, you study the the whole body. You, you study how it, it works, and then you tend to specialize into the area you, you're interested in. With cities, what what has happened over the last sixty years is we've professionalized lots of the the disciplines which work in cities. And so, what you have is a whole bunch of silos all working separately. Yep. Nobody understanding one from the other. Architects aren't in, aren't engineers. Engineers aren't urban designers. Planners aren't architects. We we speak Swahili and French, and really, what urban design is, and that's what I am, is somebody who um, has has got a background in urbanism, which is really how all the parts fit together. It's more like the conductor of the orchestra rather than the the sort of the expert violinist. Uh, if that's probably another analogy you could make. Um, and so, as an urban planner, as an urban designer, you do need to understand economics. You do need to understand behaviour change. If you don't, you can't design cities for people. So I think it, whilst it might be surprising, the portfolio, it is the bits that, that interest urban planners and that we need to understand because it, it all works as part of a system or a network. And if you don't understand the key parts of the network, the network doesn't work yep. as, as with transportation, as with human beings. It, it's all connected. And having the control over those areas allows you to uh, to be able to to work it to, to make it a workable situation, which is exactly what what you want. Uh, Ludo, thank yeah, you so much absolutely. for your time. I really do appreciate. It. I know you've got an incredibly busy job, but uh, you have a, a refreshingly bright attitude about uh, the whole thing. And uh, it sounds to me like you you're actually uh, having a great time doing it. I, I love it, and um, you know, couldn't wouldn't couldn't want anything better. Well, uh, welcome to you and Joe and your family uh, to the to the Thank city of so Wyndham, much. and may uh, may that uh, rain for a long time to come. We we really do appreciate your time on the Talking Wyndham podcast. Uh, thank you for your, thank you for your interest, and uh, it'd be great to meet you face to face at some point in the future. Well, thanks to Ludo, and I think those uh, parklets that we talked about uh, up at uh, Hopper's Junction, uh, which is a, a, a little spot that I frequent quite a lot, um, and uh, I'm sure I'll be fre- frequenting even more if, if, if I can actually talk. Um, I don't need to talk to frequent there, fortunately. Uh, and also, of course, in the in the city centre, those parklets will be a welcome addition for the businesses and for us who uh, want to go and uh, sit down, have a coffee, have a sandwich, uh, have a bite to eat and, uh, and enjoy uh, the, the local fair so uh, a very good initiative from the uh, from the Wyndham City Council don't forget the uh, community for committee for Wyndham uh, website and uh, Facebook page check out all the details there of what's going on around the city of Wyndham uh, and uh, we'll catch you on the next Talking Wyndham podcast once again my thanks to Ludo for his time today we wish him all the best of luck in the city of Wyndham thanks for listening Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the committee for Wyndham All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.